Welcome to Lawyers, Guns, and Money, Real Crimes, Real Trial Lawyers, Episode 4 of Season 2, where we are going to talk about Oklahoma politics. Hi, I have Amy Kingry and Jennifer Harmon joining me today. How are you, ladies? We are good. Doing well. How are you, Shelley? Pretty good. Wednesday is a little bit of a hectic day in Pottawatomie County. <laughs> but... Okay, this is a special election edition, and so we are going to have to get through a lot of things quickly, but let's start with the Oklahoma County District Attorney race. We're all going to give our own opinion. Sometimes we may agree, sometimes we may not, but Amy, I'll, I'll go to you first. What is your opinion in the Oklahoma County DA race between Kevin Calvi and Vicki Behenna? Man, we hit the gate running, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Um, you know... It's a thing for me. It's a thing for me. Um, What I do on my off time is try my best to support victims and their families. And I have done plenty of research. I have listened to both candidates and I'm going to be supporting Vicki Bahanna. You know, I mentioned this yesterday when I was talking to somebody, Kevin Calvey. uh, I'm sure that everyone has seen his videos that go viral. Um, he is a loose cannon. I know that when they initially, I mean, he was basically asked to run for this. Um, and he was asked to run for this by a group of, um, supporters that we know in this area, because they thought that they could get him in there to basically manipulate him to do what they wanted him to do. Um, so that's terrifying for me. Number one, number two, he has never tried a criminal case in the United States. He's he's just not done it. He has no experience. He has no experience with the victims and their, you know, their rights and things like that here in, in Oklahoma County. And that's something we need. Um, there's a case in particular that I will touch on without going into detail, but he point blank has stated that if he's elected, uh, he will dismiss all charges simply because there's law enforcement involved. And that's just not okay. You know, I support law enforcement 100%, but I also support the law. And you have to follow the law. And for someone to say that they're going to dismiss a case without even being able to see the evidence, because nobody gets to see the evidence. Nobody gets to see the evidence unless you're in the district attorney's office. I mean, until trial. Um, You just can't say that. You just can't. And so that's terrifying for me. It's terrifying for me as a citizen. It's terrifying for me, you know, in in what we do. Um, I would not feel comfortable. Uh, in our advocacy work, um, knowing that Kevin Calvi is the one that we have to rely on, not in any day. You know, I, I spoke with Vicki personally yesterday and I asked her about a very tender topic for me. And we all know that Vicki was um, head of the Oklahoma Innocence Project. And so I sat down actually yesterday with her at lunchtime and I asked her those questions. You know, I said, I want to know where you stand on case in point, the Julius Jones incident. You know, because I know that she was a supporter for that. And she was very honest with me. And she said, Amy, let me tell you something. She said, I don't have all the evidence. And I wouldn't. You know, she said, and really, we have no say-so in that going forward. She said, the only thing I would be required to do is give a recommendation. She said, and I can't even say what that is because it would be based on the evidence. Um, One thing I can say for those that may not know is Vicki was involved in the uh, Timothy McVeigh trial. And she was responsible for being in contact and getting the victims 
and their families. Like she was the one that was in contact with them through that entire process and making sure that they were informed, making sure. And she even said yesterday, there is a lag in Oklahoma County District Attorney's Office as far as victims' rights and notifying the victims and their families. And she understands that that's something that's got to improve. So I, I know I'm gonna get some pushback on this and that's okay. Uh, you know, I, I'm here every day and I get some experience with them and I just in my gut, you know, if I, if I wanna pick someone who I know that's gonna advocate for victims, it's gonna be Vicki Bahana. Okay, and I'll, I will say a couple things, just kind of play devil's advocate as, as to both. Um, I have serious concerns about the lack of criminal experience of Kevin Calvi. So I do have some concerns about that. Um, I also have concerns about who I've heard might be his first assistant and who he might put in charge. I, so I have some concerns, but on the flip side, there are some people that might like to see Kevin Calvi and that I think that he has an agenda with DAC and with some of the other agencies that people have some issues with. So some people would be in support of that. Um, I would do not get to vote in the Oklahoma County DA race. I would vote for Vicki Behenna because she has served on both sides of the aisle. And I think she has a lot more experience in regards to criminal matters. So that would certainly be who I would suggest people vote for. But I don't really know her personally. I did go to law school with her son, and Brett, and he's a very good guy. So that would be my recommendation in that race. Jen, do you have anything to add? I know you're more in Tulsa, but do you have anything to add on that? Uh, well, they, they both make me nervous. So, but I'm gonna. <laughs> so I'm just trying to. I, I'm just deferring to you and Amy on this. They both make me nervous for for various reasons and um that's all i really know to say and, and other than if we could just get a david prater 2.0 i would feel warm and toasty at night but we're not and uh, either way they're they are both whichever one is elected they're both going to be under intense political you know there's going to be a lot of political influence or attempts to influence going on um, specifically with the Julius Jones crowd and the Richard Glossop crowd not that they would be able to have any say or influence but it's still there and that's what makes me nervous about both of them um, and that's really yeah I don't get to vote in it and I certainly don't um, I don't envy anybody who is who does have to decide but I'm just going to defer to Amy on this on who to vote for in that election Okay, kind of on a similar topic, I office out of Shawnee, and so District 23, Pottawatomie and Lincoln Counties, we had a DA election in the summer. David Hammer had won that election. He died within days of that election. Uh, Governor Stitt recently appointed Adam Painter, who used to be first assistant down here, went to Oklahoma County, worked for David Prater, and he has been appointed and he brought Adam Kalsnick from Oklahoma County down here to be his first assistant. So we do have a different regime down here. And I think that's another example of Prater's influence. And then I think that a large number of the elected or appointed DAs in the state came from the Oklahoma County DA's office under Prater. So there's mm -hmm. just another example of that. Let's talk about a few judge races. 
Um, let's start with Oklahoma County. And I think Amy and I actually have a difference of opinion on this one, and that's uh, <laughs> Catherine Savage versus James Sedaris. Amy, I'll let you talk first, and I'll... I was going to say, I'll let you take the lead on this one. Okay. Well, Catherine Savage, I've actually known since I was an intern in law school. She worked in the district attorney's office here in Pottawatomie County for Richard Smotherman, and I looked up to her then. She's very professional, very hardworking prosecutor, and she has done a lot of things. I think her support is very diverse. She has faith leaders, she has prosecutors, she has defense lawyers, she has civil lawyers. And so I think her support is pretty broad. Uh, I think she's very fair. Um, one of my concerns that I have with Mr. Sedaris, and I like Mr. Sedaris, um, I've never had any personal issues with him. I've appeared in front of him as a judge and when he was an attorney, but a couple of concerns I have is one that he has put out information that's not true. He put out information that David Prater endorsed him and that is not correct. David Prater has not endorsed anybody in that race. So that's concerning. And there is a recent mail out that implied that he's already a district judge, which is not true. Um, he is a special judge, just like Catherine Savage. Um, and for people that practice in Oklahoma County, part of his support comes from Ray Elliott, and it's why the Fraternal Orders of Police have endorsed Mr. Sedaris. So one thing I would say is that Catherine Savage has also been a prosecutor, and she is certainly not defense-friendly. I think she's very fair. So for anyone that would have those concerns, I don't think there's issues there. So my vote is for Catherine. <laughs> Well, um, I will first say that I am not fully decided on which way I will go. I may not know until Tuesday. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think that Catherine is also a great choice. This is where I come in on Sidarius. Uh, I've seen him in action and the situation was a mother who was desperately trying to protect her child from the father. And there had been a guardianship, you know, with the child and um, the mother had gotten it back. And this father continued to disregard the orders, uh, you know, lie to the courts, lie to the child, put the child in harm's way. And I've never seen a judge stand up to someone the way that I saw him. And the way he was on the bench, just matter of fact and basically just put it out there. So from a victim's point, victim's family point, I think that he was incredibly supportive of that. And he stood the ground for the children and they get caught up in, in our court systems. You know, and for that, for me, I've been on the first floor a lot. Now he wasn't on the first floor, but like I said, this was like in the middle of the guardianship hearing. And it was a big relief to that family what he was able to do. And I've not seen anyone really on the first floor in a long time be able to stand up to something like that and not continue to run the children through the ringer. So on that stance, that's, that's kind of where my gut goes. I will, however, say it does bring me concern that he is also endorsed <laughs> by none other than Chris Still. So that bothers me. So, so uh, we all know who Chris Still is. Uh, for, for the criminal justice for anyone reform. that for anyone that doesn't he is the leader of the criminal justice reform movement and correct we we've talked about that and 
I think most of us are supporters of criminal justice reform in theory. However, some of the extremes that some of the criminal justice reform advocates have advocated for are not good for public safety. Correct. And that's, you know, that, like I said, that would be the kind of the teetering thing for me. Now I work with some great lawyers and I know that I've listened to them. And so I think it's going to be a close. I, I do. I don't, I don't know if you can necessarily go wrong. I just, I, if you're unsure, just continue to do your research, I think. Fair enough. Okay. There was a couple other judge races. I just wanted to mm -hmm. touch on that are on, uh, one is in Garvin County and Flora McLean versus Steve Kendall. And one thing that really concerned me is that a lot of dark money came in and started sending out completely false mailers against Laura McLean, pictures of her with Hillary Clinton, calling her a liberal and all sorts of things came out of nowhere. She's a registered Republican. And again, all partisan, all judge races are nonpartisan. So the candidates themselves cannot tell you what party they are. However, other people on their other people can say it. And in that race, it was just completely uncalled for. Laura McLean has been an assistant district attorney in Garvin County, is very well respected. But I will give props to her opponent, uh, Steve Kendall, that came out and said that he had nothing to do with that um, and spoke, spoke out against it and said that she was very competent and did not know why those things were coming out. But that is very concerning that these unknown packs and dark money just send these mailers out that have no, no truth to them. And that's mm -hmm. a really scary thought for me. <clears throat> I don't is. know if you have any thoughts on that one or not, but. No, you know, but I think we're seeing that a lot in this race, which is terrifying. Um, just to touch back real quick, you know, Kevin Calvey just last week came out and, and accused Vicki Bahana of having something to do with her client. Uh, aiding and abetting another uh, co-defendant. And Judge Friant was on the bench and said that he absolutely did not see any indication as to why that Ms. Bahanna would be involved. It's, it's just, it's coming from all sides, but it is, it's very, it's very unfortunate when it gets to the level of that. It's happening more and more in these races and mm -hmm. it's hard for people to necessarily know. There's another race, it's in Cleveland County, uh, Norman, between Patrick Crow and Michael Tepper. Michael Tepper is the sitting district judge and Patrick Crow is coming from the DA's office, has worked for Mashburn for eight years and has a good reputation with defense lawyers and other prosecutors and law enforcement. Appears to be a man of integrity. Do you have any thoughts on that race, Amy? I, I don't have any thoughts on that race. You know, I don't do, we don't go a whole lot in Cleveland County. Um, <clears throat> you know, I know Judge Tupper's been there a long time and we've had some stuff in, in front and have been mostly satisfied, but I, ha I haven't done a whole lot of my research on that one. So I'm glad that you did. I do think that this, the run was precipitated by Judge Tupper's decision in a homicide case not too long ago where he gave a woman the uh, straight probation. She did have mitigation, but I think that prompted this race because I think some people didn't agree with that decision. But lastly, I want to touch on one other one that is in my home district, uh, District 23, and that is Joe Dobry versus Tracy Soderstrom. 
That would be the district judge in Lincoln County, but Pottawatomie and Lincoln County voters get to vote on that. I am in support of Joe Dobry. He is, he has the temperament for a judge. He's very nice. He's very calm. He is very professional. Uh, he worked as a prosecutor for maybe a year and a half or two years under uh, the previous administration, but has mostly been a civil lawyer. Uh, but very nice, very professional, very active in the community. And that's something I think we need in Lincoln County. So I think he would be a good fit. The Soderstrom I know, um, kind of the downsides of Ms. Soderstrom would be that she lives in Lincoln County. However, her office has always been in Dell City and she is one of the power player divorce lawyers in Oklahoma County. And any of the lawyers that have worked Oklahoma County divorce and are on the first floor, that's not necessarily the same temperament you want in a judge. Um, no. Sometimes be aggressive, fighting what you're doing, and she's very good at that. I am not putting her down. She's a very good at that, and I think she's tried to expand to do other things, but I have a little bit of concern of the temperament uh, going into that race or becoming a judge. The first floor in Oklahoma County is not a pleasant place, which is why I try to avoid it. But I certainly don't think we need more of it out here. But no, <laughs> I, I would back you up on that. I, I would go for the vote of Dobry on that um, because of a lot of what you just said. I know her as what you just stated. And I just I think that we need to limit some of that, especially as a judge. OK, now let's hit that. I've got one more. <laughs> I was yes. going to say, I got one more in Oklahoma County. Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead and finish okay. your uh, Oklahoma so, County. And yeah. don't forget to mission, mention Carrie Bloomert for County. What is it? Okay, County Commissioner yes. District 1. Don't forget to mention she's a no. And who is, who <laughs> is her did. opponent? Who is her opponent, Jim? I don't know who her opponent is, but she endorsed Green Julius Jones. And that's the full stop right there for me. Fair enough. So her opponent is Willard Lindsay. So um, another note of that is our, <laughs> there's another one that's a big supporter there and it's uh, running for county treasurer, Brandon Kirkpatrick, that would be a no. Okay. Um, but the last one I wanted to touch on was the other judge race, um, the yes. judicial race, which is Angela Singleton and Richard Kirby. Okay. I, if I had to choose in this matter, it would be for Judge Kirby. Uh, again, um, victims, families. I've seen, uh, I've seen some people in the in the throes of their addiction appear before Judge Kirby, uh, and I've never seen a judge treat someone in recovery. And that's a personal thing, just for me. Uh, I've never seen a judge treat someone in recovery with as much respect and dignity as he did to that day. So uh, I know there's been a lot said out there that he's, you know, just not a nice judge. He's, you know, people think he's horrible. I will vote for Judge Kirby. I don't really know Angela Singleton. I have been in front of Judge Kirby a couple of times and he was very polite and professional when I appeared in front of him. So, and I believe mm -hmm. um, my partner was supporting Mr. Kirby too. Yes. So, yes. And that's all I got for Oklahoma County. Okay, let's jump over to but Tulsa vote. County. 
And we're going to let Jennifer take the lead on that because I don't know much about Tulsa County politics. Um, well, it's a lot like everywhere else politics. Now, I, I want to be clear about my sticking point with people that supported freeing Julius Jones. It isn't necessarily about Julius Jones. It's the idea that a person who is an elected official or a public representative or a faith leader ignoring facts and data and information. So people who make policy and legislate um, willingly ignored truths and facts and um, just turned tribal instead and just decided to get on a bandwagon. And, you know, that might fly and stuff might come out in the wash if you want to do it that way over health insurance or tit for tat stuff that we do in politics. But when you're talking about releasing a rightfully convicted murderer who also happens to be a triply convicted habitual violent offender and you want to turn the key and let that guy go having openly stated you don't care what the facts of the case are then you know for me personally and as a victim's advocate that's where I draw the line it's so it's kind of like this is what that public official is saying to the public about how they deal with this stuff. They are impressionable. They have a price. And a lot of them opted to um, privilege releasing a violent killer over your safety, mine, my own families and yours. And so to that point, um, one need only, if you're a Democrat, you need only go and find the letter that all Democrats endorsed freeing Julius Jones. And those that are on the Democratic side that are running, Kendra Horn, she's a no for me. She endorsed freeing Julius Jones. Josh Harris, Senator uh, State, State Rep George Young, Monroe Nichols, Regina Goodwin from Tulsa, Mickey Dolans, Jason Lowe. We have two sitting city councilors, District 1, Vanessa Hall Harper, and District 4, Laura Bellis, who both were on that Julius Jones bandwagon, and they were elected to city council. We have three city council seats that are up for election next week, and they're for D5, which is Mikey Arthrill and a person named Grant Miller. Um, I don't know enough about either one of them. There's District 6, which is the incumbent, Connie Dodson, and the challenger, Christian Bengal, who I've seen at work a bit, and District 7, Lori Dector-Wright. Uh, Miss Dector-Wright is a pretty sharp lady, and um, unfortunate, it's unfortunate that she tilts with D1 and D4 historically, but um, I would never, if you, you, there's, you couldn't pay me enough money to vote for somebody like Ken Reddick, because I don't even know why he runs. He's one of those perennial candidates. <laughs> um, D6, Connie Dodson is pretty uh, middle of the road, but uh, Christian Bingle, I, is a person that I, this is my story about Christian Bingle. He's in District 6, which is in East Tulsa. Um a couple of years ago, Reverend Robert Turner was being attacked outside City Hall by some anti-maskers. And um, 
Reverend Turner is a black man. And when all those white anti-maskers saw his presence, they shifted from anti-mask to going after Reverend Turner. And it was a really ugly scene. And I, what struck me about Mr. Bingle was that he was the only guy in the crowd that went and, and broke it up. And, and I mean, so there was a, there's, there's this piece of moral fiber that if I were in district six, I'd vote for him just because he demonstrated something, even though everybody was there, no one was looking and he demonstrated some moral fiber, you know, and that would, that would tilt it for me for district five, Mikey Arthrell kind of tilts in the direction of D1 and four. Um, it's kind of in, impressionable. Um, so people need to do their homework on district five if they live in Tulsa. But again, I can go back to the Julius Jones website where they have letters from Democratic candidates and incumbents who all wrote letters to release and free Julius Jones claiming he was innocent. They sent this to the pardon and parole board and anybody who would uh, play politics with my public safety, yours, my family, anybody else's is a, is a no with an ex exclamation point for me. And that's a full stop with respect to governor. Well, that's almost like the Oklahoma County DA thing. I mean, which one <laughs> is the lesser of two evils? because they both came out. Well, we know what Stitt did, but we also know that uh, Joy never read the case files. I mean, I even went to trouble making a copy and drop it off her office. She wouldn't read them and did come out and state that she would also consider commuting his sentence. And so I just can't, I, I, that's where I draw the line. I have to draw the line with people uh, that don't deal with facts, that are dealing with tribal, got to be on the right team kind of stuff. And I, I that's that's where it stops with me. And um, I just can't do it. And, you know, uh, Regina Goodwin is from Tulsa. I mean, she is a historic family in our city and uh, continues to want to fight for reforms but it's like Shelley it's like you guys said earlier it's the kind of reforms that they want though that are actually bad for business they're bad for the people there are we there are there are people of color still sitting in our prison system that shouldn't be sitting there like Prince Ponce you know that that she should be advocating to get out of jail not some murderer like Julius Jones and so all my recommendations about voting are that I I would suggest to anybody, I wouldn't vote for anyone who thought that Julius Jones should be a free man because it demonstrates that they ignore truths and facts. And that scares me to death. Yep. I'll That's my shtick. On, <laughs> on your governor thing here, you know, I'm kind of with you. I think that Governor Stitt was too easily swayed. Uh, I don't like the comments that he made to victims' family of Paul Howe by any means. Um, Oh, yeah. I can't necessarily say this is where I'm at on this. I do not think Stitt will go back on his word. I do not think he can be influenced to do anything different than his executive order. I, I feel comfortable in that. Right, right. My, my concern is what he did and if it happens again, which right. I, I think he's learned his lesson because there's been so much hoopla after it. Now, here's what I think about Joy. I don't think that Joy necessarily believes that. 
I do not think that Joy necessarily believes that Julius Jones should be free. I could be wrong, but I truly think at that point in time, it was a political move, period. Yes, she yeah. said it. However, in my gut of guts, knowing who she is, knowing the educator that she is and the protector that she has been for the education mm-hmm. system, I do not, I, I truly, truly, truly do not see that happening. I think it's lip service. I think it's a political move and a smart one because it's getting her some momentum. But truly in my gut, I do not think she would do that. That's just my two cents. I think you're probably right. And and see what's coming down the pike now. See what we have that's been happening in Oklahoma. And, and you and Shelly obviously have a much more inside uh, look and experience of it than I do. But see what we have and why these elections are so important is we have that cancer, that justice reform cancer that Martin Prieb and, and Roberta and, and, and Sean and everybody's been warning us about from, you know, from New York to California about this justice reform that's not really the kind of reform that, that we think it is. And it, it's actually um, not, not good at all. And um, it privilege, it, it, it's like giving the criminals rights over victims. And boy, that's a terrible thought. But what we have right now, right around this election, is Richard Glossop. Which one of them, you know, are they going to cave? Are they going to cave to the Glossop crew? Um, I mean, are they, because it's kind of like Julius Jones, are they going to ignore and, and just be swayed by that political stuff? I personally also have a great aversion to uh, people who believe that um, our justice system is based on uh, the public sphere and politics. Surely that is something that uh, clearly is a source of irritation for both Amy and Shelley, who've gone to law school and you do all this legalese all day. And you have to listen to people who get a mic and say, no, that's all wrong. Because really they're trying to subvert the system that you guys work within. Well, what is frustrating is that people are speaking on things that they don't really know how it works day in, day out. Right. There, There are things in the criminal justice system that need to be reformed. There are sentencing and things that are going on that need to be reformed, that some of these things are antiquated, that, you know, everything carries up to life. So do things need to be changed? Yes. Does that mean we need to get rid of all second pages and if there's no difference between a first-time offender and a third-time offender or a fifth-time offender? No. You've got to have a sense of reason and rationale. And I will say, I, I'm going to say one thing on the flip side, um, just to give some fair sight on some of the fallout of Marcy's law that is a problem from the other side. So as a defense lawyer, sometimes there are cases that we're trying to get worked out. The prosecutor believes it's a fair deal. We want to work it out or there's problems to avoid going to a trial. And either they can't get a hold of the victim or the victim has unrealistic expectations. And that holding up the case at I tried a case last year. It was a removal of a dead body case. And in that case, the the deceased person overdosed. It was not homicide. There was no foul play in it whatsoever. The crime was that he overdosed at basically a drug dealer's house and two or three guys, and he overdosed in his truck, moved his truck down the road because they didn't want police coming out to the drug dealer's house. Okay. 
not these guys are not they're not good people i'm not saying they mm-hmm. are but the parents of the man that overdosed wanted them to go to prison for 25 years 30 years like they killed him they didn't right. kill him. your yeah. son overdosed yes exactly. and in that case we had to go to trial over that my client was actually found not guilty on, on that but the thing was he did have priors he wasn't a good guy i'm not saying my guy was a good guy right. but because they had this expectation that, well, he needs to go to prison as if he murdered him. We mm-hmm. wasted taxpayer dollars and time of going to trial on a case that that it just wasn't feasible. So there needs to be some balance somewhere. And I know everyone's still trying to figure this out. Absolutely, victims need to be protected. They need to be heard. But at the same time, I think it's okay for DAs to tell them, Hey, that's not, that's not rational. That doesn't fit with where, you know, that's part of the right. DA's job too. Not just, well, if they don't like it, go with, you know, because mm-hmm. they don't know that may be their only experience with the criminal justices and they did just lose their son. I'm not blaming the victims at all for feeling that way, but in that situation, what they wanted didn't meet what was going on. And I had a similar case. Right. It was a hit and run of a child at night. The crime was leaving the scene. It wasn't a negligent, it was dark. There was, you know, kid died, tragic. But again, they wanted like murder, but the crime was leaving the scene, not causing the death. And so there's some things somewhere that we've got to balance those rights mm-hmm. and fix that. So lots of things need to be changed, but we need reason and people to actually work in the system to make suggestions, not politicians. Right. Which right. is what Calvin Kelly is. There's my plug. Yeah. I mean, I will say to um, Ms. Behenna's, um, I will give her a nod that she was part of the uh, part of the team that helped free, uh, I believe it was Ma- uh, Malcolm Scott and another gentleman. Right. Um, she helped exo- get them exonerated. You know, these were guys from North Tulsa and heaven's mercy. Where were all the Julius Jones people when these guys were fighting for their lives? They were nowhere. But mm-hmm. she fought for them and they were exonerated. Mm-hmm. And so I have to give her a nod for that. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, the whole thing is we need experience, you guys, because the last thing at this crucial time that we need in Oklahoma County, for sure, when there's so much uproar, is someone who does not know what they're doing, does not have any experience in that, you know, and it's it's terrifying. It, it, it's absolutely terrifying. So um, I know that I, I have to run off of here. The only yes, thing I want to say is that you guys, it, every vote counts. And I know that sounds so cliche. If there's any reason that you're not sure how to do it, where to go, being that you're registered, except you're not, sorry. Um, but you can always go to www.oklahoma.gov mm-hmm. and then click on the Oklahoma State Election Board. It will let you know, even if you forgot where you're supposed to vote, plug your name in, your date of birth, it's going to let you know. So and whatever it, you do, and, do something. And- and it will show you your sample ballot. So there's your people that will be on your ballot. There you go. We'll look them up and don't mm-hmm. just decide because your buddy did yeah. or your bandwagon tribal friends did. Look these no people. No party line voting kids. Huh? So, I said uh, no, no straight party voting line. Yeah, no. there isn't. You can't. Not on this one. Okay. You have to look no. these people up and vote your conscience. And, and if you're okay with freeing convicted murderers and jeopardizing my family's safety, well, we'll see you down the road when you end up on the victim side. We'll see how you feel about it then. Also, early voting is going on right now. I'm going to go vote 
uh, before yes. I go to court. Early voting today, tomorrow, and Friday. Election is Do Tuesday. It. Research your people. Go vote. Make the time. It's important. It is Thank important. You. No problem. We'll touch base after elections next week. Sounds good. Thank All you, right. guys. Bye, guys. Take uh -huh. care. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. If you or a loved one have been charged with a crime, you need experienced, successful trial attorneys who can argue your case to a jury. I'm Shelley Levesay, owner and managing attorney of Levesay & Associates. I and David McKenzie are the litigators who are not afraid of the courtroom and will seek justice for you. Check out our website at shawneelitigator.com and call us at 405-273-6510. When you must get it right, call us to fight. 405 Two seven three sixty five ten.